Morning. We are live here in the courtyard, and I'm here with Dr. Robin Takahashi. And, and there's some things that we want to communicate. As you can see, we're going to be talking about purpose today. And so purpose is just one of those things that as we get more and more deep into our purpose as people, we begin to learn that there's many things that God has called us to do, but just as important, many things he's called us what not to do. And one thing that we found here at New Hope is there's many, many people coming to know Christ. So what happens with that is a lot of people find that they need places to meet, ministries, groups, devotional times. And so we've actually built this courtyard with the hopes that people would find Christ. Now, when we first built this, it was good because when we have our special services like Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day, and things like that, there's no room for people to sit and eat. And believe me, you don't want local people to be hungry, especially us dads, because we come grouchy. So we want to have a place that people can gather, but not just to gather. Because we can gather at the parks, we can gather at coffee shops, but a place where we can gather in the hopes that we continue to build our relationship with God and that someone would find Christ. In fact, here in the courtyard, there's many people who uh, have found Christ here in the courtyard because ministries take place here. Now, one thing we're also looking at is uh, where we are in our structure. Because when we first put this up, we had to think through how are we going to make sure that everyone stays dry? Because here in Hilo, it rains every 7.2 seconds. Or every 17 minutes, there's sunshine and rain and sunshine and rain. So we know how it is in Hilo. Well, what happened is we started to build and construct as best as possible our gutter system. But it's not going to last that long. In fact, even where it goes to, it goes into a rubbish bin that is filled with water when it rains. And people think it's a rubbish can. So they'll throw their rubbish in here on Sunday. Then come Tuesday, it just doesn't smell good. So that's part of the reason why uh, we try to uh, put signs. Thank you for not throwing rubbish in here. And then it, all the water goes out through a hose system. And then as you can see, we have to put up blue tarps in the back so that when the water hits that, it'll go out there. We also have this uh, side uh, splash protection unit. That's what we call it, uh, our, our splash thingy. And... What is happening is because of the rain and because of the sunshine, it starts to deteriorate. So here's our goal. And this is what the Lord is asking all of us to do. That we would finalize our courtyard in its entirety. Where we would have more restrooms out here. Even a place for a kitchen. Not a certified kitchen, but a place where people can serve. Like this morning we have our hula ministry uh, serving their wonderful sweet bread. Uh, I don't know if it's sweet bread, but it is good. But... They don't have a place to set up. They have to set up uh, tables. So the outside area will be where ministries can serve food. And then when we have our special functions like Easter and we have our breakfast being served outside, uh, there will be a place already for them to go. And when we have more restrooms, uh, we'll be able to serve you well. Also, uh, the reason why I had Dr. Robin here is because he's out here when service is going on, probably more than me. But I was just going to ask him a couple questions. But Dr. Robin, what do you see happening here in the courtyard? Well, Pastor Sheldon, you know, as I walk around on Sundays and Wednesdays, um, I see more than eating going on. Mm -hmm. I see people just uh, feeling comfortable enough to hang out, to stick around and talk about their weeks and share about what's going on in their lives. 
um, I see sometimes um, neat things like counseling going on mm. where people who are in need of um, just some help, some guidance, some direction, they're being counseled. I see people being prayed over. Um, and I, I just see people um, ministry sometimes. Um, on Wednesday nights, uh, my wife Karen and her friends Kelsey and Jen, mm -hmm. they come together and they share their devotions and just spend time together. I, I think all of those things are really cool. Do you see kids in here a lot? Yeah, I do. And that's another neat thing is that I see uh, families sitting together, spending time together, mm -hmm. having breakfast together, and just, just um, sharing with one another. And I think that's real cool also. Well, one thing that uh, Heidi and I have been doing is we've been saving our finances so that by the time, probably in September, we'll be taking up this offering for our courtyard. We'll be saving our finances so that someone might be saved. So we're saving to save. And I pray that as the Lord speaks to you, because the Bible says those whose hearts are willing, that when we give to him, we'll be able to finalize the structure. And it'll look really good because God deserves our very best. And there's nothing he cannot do when he moves through his people. And we're going to see God being glorified because of who he is. And everyone's going to participate. And you might think, well, I don't have the finances. It's not about the finances. It's about the hearts that are being put into it. One of the things that I've seen is when we come to this church, we see the building. Many of us have never contributed to it, and we enjoy it. But here's our opportunity to contribute to something that will go on for generations. Whether it's a dollar, a five dollars, a hundred, five hundred, five hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. If God speaks that, then go for it. But all of us are going to participate in some way. Even our kids are going to participate. So the hope is that we will save so that someone might get saved. So could we thank Dr. Robin Takahashi for uh, joining us this morning? And let's give him a hand. Thank him for doing this. Thank you, Dr. Robin. And I'll see you guys in a bit. Go ahead, Pastor Aaron. Well, something that started off as just a covered tent with a... Uh, with a covered ground so that people could sit down and just have a meal and talk story and fellowship together is um, morphing into something big. And the reason why, again, is because people matter to God. And that's a series that we're in this morning. And this morning, we're going to welcome up now, all the way in from the courtyard, to speak on the subject of purpose. Would you welcome our senior pastor, Pastor Sheldon Laxina. That is a long walk <laughs> and steps, but I'm so thankful that we get to do things like this. And, and I, I pray that when God speaks to all of us, that we'll be a part of this. And my hope is that people would find Christ. Someone gave me a story some time ago and they said, uh, you know, at the end of the message, we'll give like a, a prayer and we'll invite people to come to know the Lord. And that day I didn't. And that person brought a friend and in their mind, they're thinking, today is their day. Today, they're going to receive the Lord. They're, they're ready for it. And when the pastor prays, and at the end, they're going to receive Christ. Well, I didn't that day. And not that that person was upset, but they were kind of bummed. You know, you just, you're ready for, to do the Lord's work, and then it doesn't happen as you planned. Well, later on, I heard that they were eating in the courtyard, and this was just bothering the person that, that this person did not receive the Lord. And so as they're talking, and this person kind of talking with the Lord, saying, man, we missed the opportunity. 
This was the perfect time. And God spoke this to that person. Why don't you pray for them? And that person was thinking, but I don't know what to say. And, and God said, no, no, no. You've heard the prayer enough to know what to say. And so with boldness out there in the courtyard, the person, as they were talking, said to their friend, um, and when the opportunity came up, said, do you, do you want to receive Jesus? And that person said, yes. And they prayed right there in the courtyard. And I thought to myself, that's exactly what the courtyard is for. Is that we would provide places, avenues, venues so that people could find Christ. And that as ministries take place there, really the end result is that God would be glorified. It's not about a building. It really isn't. It's about us doing our very best to serve everyone well so that we could find Christ And in the midst of all our struggles and pains, and even learning through our courtyard with the different things we needed to uh, do, uh, we can see what God wants to do. And so would you pray, pray with your family, uh, that you would hear the Lord together in what way you could participate. And then in the end, we'll see God do His greatest work through you and I because of who He is. Well, this morning we're going to talk about uh, purpose. So you could take out your bulletin and there's some notes in there. And if you're new this morning, we welcome you. And you might be thinking, well, what part do I get to play? How do I contribute uh, to what God is doing here at New Hope? Well, I think, first of all, just enjoy today. Just enjoy what God is going to be speaking. Because one thing that I know for sure is that you are here not by accident, but on purpose. And you purposefully chose to be here. Now, you may think, no, 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 my spouse dragged me or my parents dragged me. But nonetheless, you didn't have to listen. You really didn't. Sure, you might have gotten lickings, but you still didn't have to listen. It's really our choice. But everything we do must have a purpose to it. When Heidi came home the other day from uh, grocery shopping, she had a ton of groceries. And so we all work together. You know, the family works together to put everything away. I'm the freezer guy. I'm the one who packs everything in the freezer. And when she brought home all these frozen goods, I'm looking at the freezer and I'm thinking, there's no way possible that all of this is going to fit in there. But I'm the freezer guy. And there's a reason why. Because I like to do things well with purpose. Have you ever played that game Tetris? It's an old Nintendo game. And you have to fit shapes into each other. You see, that game taught me something. And so I have to fit all of these things in. And finally, I fit everything in. I close the freezer and I'm like, yeah, I finished everything. I turn around, there's two more bags. (laughs) So now I have to redo. I actually had to throw away some frozen items that we've had in there for years. It's like at that point, I said to myself, we're never going to eat this. What was this anyway? I don't even know what this was. And so we even had to toss out some things. And I looked at that, just that situation alone, and I thought, everything we do must be done with purpose. If I aim with purpose, I will hit the target on purpose. And by that point, there are no accidents nor coincidences. Everything is done with purpose. Did you know that every single one of us have a purpose? That God purposefully created us, thought us up 
planned our lives so that we could have a purpose. Even those that uh, have not been born. Those that maybe even at childbirth. Maybe we're stillborn. Those of us who at that time didn't know what decision to make. And we made a, a decision that scarred us for the rest of our life in abortion. And we think to ourselves, well, am I going to see that baby one day? Well, God does everything with purpose. And he uses us to bring forth children. And even though maybe in the, in the past you may have made that decision, it still did not change God's heart for our kids. Because our spirits are eternal. Our flesh is temporal. But every single one of us has a purpose. Sometimes we just exist and without realizing that we have a purpose for existing. But once we understand that we have a purpose for existing, now we're able to truly live and not just survive or go on with the day. I'm going to read a scripture. It's in John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And you might have your Bibles and you can open there if you need to. But I'll read it to us in John chapter 1. We're going to learn a little bit from John. John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist was someone who had a purpose. But he utilized his purpose for God's purpose. You see, we can actually have a purpose and use it for self-gain. But God says, no, I'm giving you a purpose so that it can be used to glorify me. Because when we glorify God in what he's called us to do, then our purpose is fulfilled to its fullest, fullest potential. Otherwise, we'll just be doing things for temporary things. We'll be using our purpose, our skills, our talents, just for temporary things. But God says, that's not why I gave, that's not why I gave you that set of skills or that kind of way of thinking or that kind of purpose. It's so that it could be used for me. Now, John the Baptist, it says in John chapter 1, verse 6, that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So we can see that John the Baptist has a purpose. And we're going to learn that life is more than just living. It's about living with a purpose that God has given to us. Because God has created us more than just to exist. Every single one of us has a purpose, regardless of age. It's not about that. It's about what God is doing in and through us, because we all have a purpose. Sometimes we think, well, I thought I, this was my purpose, but things change. Well, we change. The seasons change in our lives. Technology changes. The world changes. But listen, God never does. So who he created us to be never changes. Whether we went off track and got back on track, he still has a plan and purpose for our lives. See, the first thing we have to do when we, when we think about our life and, and all of our uh, uh, surroundings, uh, the things that we do, our job, career, uh, even when we have family or when we begin a family, all of these things take place, even, at, uh, even if it takes place at one time, we really have to rethink our priorities, don't we? Or even organizing things better. 
Because once one thing changes in our life, and if you've been living with a systematic kind of living, one thing changes, it changes everything. Let's just say you were single, you got married, everything changes. You may think that, oh, everything's going to run smoothly. Not when you're 24-7 together. Not when certain habits pop up and you're wondering, I did not see that before. (laughs) Things change. Therefore, i got to rethink my priorities. And then number one, if you're taking notes, you can write that in. To rethink my priorities. You know, there's things that are going to come up that you're just going to have to make a change. Because God is doing something. And whenever we follow the ways of God, you just watch the miracles take place. Two weeks ago, uh, we heard, uh, before two weeks ago, uh, we, we heard about the, the earthquake and tsunami in Japan. And then we took up a special offering two weeks ago. And God spoke to many of us and said, we are to give. Again, I will always say, if the hearts are willing, never feel like you have to. It should be a privilege to give to God. And then when we took up the special offering, I just want to let you know, and money is still coming in, that you gave over $13,000 to Japan in this relief efforts. Thank you for giving to the Lord. And I thought, even in that kind of way, priorities change. Priorities change. Our world changes just like that. And now we have to rethink our priorities, even at home, even with how we are with our family, spending time with our kids. Our priorities change because our, our, lives, our lives change and seasons change. You have a brand new baby. Everything changes. I mean, you can't, as, as a, a person who maybe watches your favorite TV program, when you have a brand new baby, that changes you can record it, but I don't know when you're going to watch it. It just changes all your priorities. Or even when you go back to school. If you're going back to college, your priorities change. You can't stay out late anymore. You have to study. And if you don't change your priorities, you're not going to do well with the purpose that you see for your life. Priorities must change. You open up a new business, priorities change. You get laid off, have no job, priorities change. A shift in your finances, priorities change. Our health, we have to adjust it because of our health, priorities change. We can't eat the same foods we used to. In the early days, you could eat whatever you want and you burn it off like that. Then you hit a certain age, you eat whatever you want and it doesn't burn off just like that. It kind of keeps the fire going. But priorities must change, even with health. Even if our kids get involved with sports, our priorities change. What about serving? We serve at the church or we serve in the community. Our priorities change. How about coming closer to graduation? Some of your kids will be graduating. Your priorities change. You have more meetings. Your kids have more meetings. They're going to have rehearsals and they have to pass. That's a difficult part for some, that they have to pass before they graduate. Well, priorities change. What about our goals and our career? You see, things will change around us. And if I don't rethink my priorities, I can actually miss my purpose. And think I can operate on automatic as I've been for the past years. 
put priorities, we must rethink. 1 Corinthians 10.23, it says, All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. In other words, I am allowed to do anything. We can. We can do anything. But not everything is helpful to us. You can do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Things must change. See, knowing what not to do is just as important as knowing what to do. Because when we know what not to do, that's halfway in this battle of life. If we just know what not to do. See, when I can figure out what not to do, it, it, it puts me more in alignment with God's purpose for my life. Because there's many things that come into our lives that we say, no, I know I'm not supposed to do that. Even when it comes to our children, I know I'm not supposed to do that. Therefore, I can, that way I can spend more time with my kids, my family, my spouse. Knowing what not to do is very important. And John caught that. Let me read in verse 19. Because when John came, people were looking to him as the one. Because of what he was doing for God. And in verse 19, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, they asked him this. Who are you? Well, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. You know what is funny? He didn't say, oh, this is who I am. I'm John the Baptist. I'm baptizing people, and this is, this is who I am. It's like he, he knew who he wasn't. And that was far more important to answer that question, who he wasn't, than it was to answer who he really was. You might be sitting here and people might ask you, so how's life going? And you may talk about all the things that have gone wrong. Rather than saying, well, I know who I'm not. I'm not just a person who, is, who has uh, uh, done things wrong. I've been saved by God's grace. I'm not a person who has been uh, violated. That's not me anymore. I'm a person who is worthy of God's very best. You may look at your life and say, well, this is who I am. You know, I'm a failure at this or I've failed at that. That's not who you are anymore. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. We must know who we're not. And John the Baptist said, well, I'm not the Christ. And then they asked him, well, then are you Elijah? He said, no, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said, no, I'm not. Then they said to him, well, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And then he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. John knew who he was and what he was called to do. He knew his purpose, but he also knew his priorities. He knew he was not the Christ. And when he stated that, it gave people a clearer picture of who he really was. You see, you and I will battle with identity a whole lot more than we battle with life. Because we'll ask ourselves, well, who am I supposed to be? God, who have you made me to be? What am I supposed to be doing? We're going to battle with that a lot. But that's where our priorities come into play. That we rethink our priorities. And what are we doing? Basically, that's what John was saying. I know my priorities. Which sharpened his purpose. Let me just read you this. I... I 
I thought this might be a really good story. The story of a cheerful elderly man who was asked the same question of just about every new person he fell in conversation with. And this was the question he asked. What have you done that you believe in and you are proud of? He never asked conventional questions such as, well, what do you do for a living? It was always, what have you done that you believe in and are proud of? It wasn't an easy question to ask and for people to answer, especially if they had their self-esteem built on wealth or notoriety or their family name or an exalted job title. It's a very difficult question to answer. But he was also delighted to hear that a, a woman answered and she said this, I'm doing a good job by raising three children. That's what she said. Another man, a cabinet maker, he, he said, Well, I believe in good workmanship and I practice that. And then by another woman who said, Well, I started a bookstore and it's the best bookstore for miles around. And then he continues and he says, You know, I don't really care how they answer. I just want to put the thought into their minds. They should live their lives in such a way that they can have a good answer. Not a good answer for me, but a good answer for themselves. That's what's important. And their answer will tell me if they believe they have a purpose in life. How would you answer that question? What have you done that you believe in and you are proud of? How do we answer that? See, if we have no purpose, we'll chase after things that don't do anything for us in the long run. It's like going through our day and at the end of the day, we don't really hit the main priorities and we're backed up the next day. But we filled it up with all kinds of things that really don't matter into our lives. It doesn't really shape us. There's no purpose at all. And after a while, if we keep doing that, we'll just chase things. The book of Luke chapter 12 verse 15 in your notes. This is Jesus. He says, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. And I thought, boy, don't we live in a world that bombards us with, you must have this. I mean, they do the best commercials to put you in that position, in that place. Now, it's smart marketing. I'm not picking on this one item but, uh, or this one company, but Apple does a good job at putting you in their spot, in that spot. Did you notice every Apple commercial, they don't show the person, they show the phone or the iPad. Because you're the person. You're the person in that ad. So what they do is they purposefully do it that way so that you're the person. After a while, you see yourself with the gadget or whatever it may be. Even cars, many car commercials, they black out the tint as it's going down the highway and it zooms by. We can't drive like that. We don't know how to drive that well. Many of you do, but most of us don't. But it's like they don't put a face there so that you imagine yourself. After a while, we just think to ourselves, I'm supposed to be that. Well, John continues in John 6, 63. It says, it is the spirit who gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. See, it's, not, it's the spirit that helps us with purpose and giving us life. Listen, not 
things. It's the spirit that gives us purpose in life, not things. Well, what if we're in a place where we're saying, well, I have all these things and boy, I'm, I'm stuck in this, uh, in this mentality of consumerism. I, I need to have things to make me feel better. I need to have this person in my life so that I feel better. I must do these things so that I have a life worth living for. What do you do when you're not on the track that God called you to be when it comes to purpose? Well, here's a word that we often hear, and it's called repent. And I'm going to say it this way. Repent where needed. Repent. You can write this in your notes. Repent where needed. What are some areas that I need to change? Because it's not about change itself. It's about God's purpose for us. That we get back on track with Him. See, repenting helps me to be more purposeful because I eliminate things that distract me from what I should be doing. What distracts us from our purpose? What distracts me from my purpose as a father? Maybe I'm taking time out to do things just for myself and I never spend time with my kids or my family. What about as a husband? What, what kinds of distractions pull me away from my, from my spouse, from my wife? As a wife, what kinds of distractions pull you away from your husband? Now, there's many things that will distract us. And I'm, again, I'm not picking on things, but I'll just let you know what distracts me. Email. Emails distract me. Uh, Facebook distracts me. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's too distracting for me. Twitter distracts me. And maybe I might try later on when Jordan graduates and he's out of the house. Then that's... Um, that's my priority right now is Jordan. Friends distract me. Now, if you're my friend, I'm not saying you're not important. I'm just saying there's some times where it's distracting because I want to do things. But there's many things that distract us. TV distracts me. Right now, March Madness with basketball, it's so easy to be distracted. So I'll just watch the highlights. Even that distracts me. But there's many things that take away our time. It distracts us. You will know what distracts you because you will have a lot of tension in your life. Things will take us away from God's purpose for us. I think all of us, when we repent where needed, you will find a new spark, a new energy that we're more enthusiastic about the things of God. Here's how 2 Corinthians 7.10 puts it. For God can use sorrow in our lives to help us turn away from sin and seek salvation. We will never regret that kind of sorrow. But sorrow without repentance is the kind that results in death. You see, we can be sorry but never change. We can be sorry but still do the same things. We can be sorry and stay on the same track that we've always been on and sorry will always come up. And when that happens, it won't be too long until there's a death. Maybe in the relationship. Maybe even with our jobs. You know, we're telling our supervisor sorry over and over. Or we make a mistake over and over. And after a while, there's a death there. Well, repentance, godly sorrow, leads to repentance. That's a change of the way we think. 
It's a turn in the opposite direction towards God. It's not just changing the way we think. It's now heading in God's direction. See, even in our marriages, our dreams, our aspirations, even the calling for our lives, when there's no repentance, there's a death there. Rethink, then repent where needed. Because that helps us to get on track. And then the last thing, because we must do this, it's renew how I think. Renew how I think. Because if not, we'll be doing the same thing over and over. We can say we're doing something with purpose, but if we never renew how we think in making a correction, then we're going to make the same mistake again. It's like someone who goes through a terrible time and God brings them through and now everything's better. It's like, oh man, that weight is lifted off of my shoulder. And then six months later, same thing again. And then God brings us through and then at the end of that process, everything's brand new again. And we say, Lord, thank you for bringing me through. Six months later, same thing again. It's almost like God is saying, the problem is not the problem. The problem is you're not renewing the way you think. That's why you end up in the same places over and over, because your thought process is the same. If you believe 2 plus 2 is 5, I don't care how often you switch the numbers around. If you don't renew how you think and say, wait a minute, I keep getting it wrong. Why do I keep getting it wrong? Well, because 2 plus 2 is not 5, it's 4. Now I have to renew the way I think. So when I see that problem again, I know the answer for it. And I don't head in that direction. And many of us, we never change the way we think. Oh, we resolve the problem only to face it once again. And God is saying, you must renew the way you think. Romans 12, 2, we know this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, transformation is the key to every person who once was lost, but is now living with purpose for the king. Transformation is key. When we don't transform the ways of this world and from the ways of this world, I become more and more conformed to it. I must transform the way I think. The process in which I go through to come up with a decision. Then when we become more and more like the world, we actually forget that our purpose as Christians is that we're supposed to glorify God. The more we become like the world, we forget our purpose. Could be because of distractions or, or just the ways of life. Have you ever gone into a room and forgot why you went? Like you walk into a room and everybody's staring at you and you're looking at them and you're just standing there and they're looking at you and you think to yourself, I don't know why I'm here. And someone makes a wise remark, yeah, I was wondering why are you here? You know, I, and then you have to backtrack everything. What was I saying? I forgot my purpose. Just joking. See if you're paying attention. But we'll walk into a room and we'll forget our very purpose while we're there. And that happens in life. I read this one thing. It says, when you're up 
to your neck in alligators, it's difficult to keep your mind on the fact that your primary objective is to drain the swamp. And I pictured that. I thought, that's life. That's life. You go into life with a purpose and then here comes all these alligators. Different things that come up that you have to tackle. And it's like you're, you're trying to beat away all of these things that are trying to take away your purpose. But you know what we do after a while? Instead of us remembering our purpose, which is to clean out the swamp, we start taming the alligators. Or we start getting used to the alligators. Or we make them our friends. And then we just hang out with the alligators, forgetting our purpose. Then when people say, hey, so what you're up to? Well, I've got to tame all these alligators. I've got to tame all these alligators. If not, I'll get bitten. But we've forgotten our primary purpose. Never forget, we all have a purpose. Hard to accomplish your purpose when there's so many distractions taking your mind from it. The Bible says, renew the way you think. And John caught that. John the Baptist caught his purpose. He understood it and he stayed true to his purpose. Even though people would come and say, hey, you're, are you sure you're not the Messiah? Are you sure you're not the one that would provide the way for us? Are you sure you're not the way, the truth, and the life? You're not that guy? John says, no, that, I, I'm not him. But here's, here's what I've learned. This is what John is saying. And he wrote it for us. And he writes in John 3.30. And he says this about Jesus Christ because he understood his purpose. He said, he must increase. But I, I must decrease. I tell you what's, what's so great about finding our purpose and, and, and doing everything with purpose is that our hearts would come to a place where we would say to Christ, same thing, Lord, can you increase in my life? And the things that I'm doing that have no purpose to my life, may all those things decrease. Is it easy? Nope. You try and get the alligators out of a swamp before you clean it. It's a tough thing to do. But it's the best thing to do. Because you can never clean a swamp with the alligators still in there. Same thing with our purpose in life. Very difficult for us to accomplish our everyday purpose. When there's other things in there taking away our time and our energy for the purpose that God called us to be. I thought, may that be our hearts also, that Christ would increase and we would decrease. In other words, that Jesus' purpose for my life would be greater than the purpose I see for my very own life. That I would follow Christ with all of my heart. That I would make it a point to make the things of God a priority. And when I want things in my life to be a part of my life, and it's not supposed to be there only to distract me from Him, that I will be able to, like John, say, Lord, be greater in my life so that these things in my life that distract me from you become less and less, giving me an even greater purpose for you. And I think we all can do that because the Lord is good. He knows our purpose more than we do ourselves. So I'd say, let's let Him increase that we may decrease. Amen? Man, you can put away your Bibles and your notes. You know, earlier I gave you the story of uh, the courtyard and someone receiving Christ. But I've heard many stories about what's taking place in the courtyard. I've heard many stories about what's taking place in this church and churches around our city, churches around the world. 
And I do see that God called all of us with a purpose, especially in our very own families. I'd say when we leave here today and as we pray, let's search deep down inside and, and maybe there's some things that we need to eliminate from our lives. Not that people aren't important, but the priorities that we have in our lives, they change. But it's always for the better when it comes to God's priorities. It'll always be for good. It'll always be towards fruitfulness, towards life, towards a better way of living. But it's up to us to make that decision. Would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we all gather and, and, and have heard your word, you've given us a perfect example, not just in John the Baptist, but in what you have done in sending your son with a purpose for all of us. That you so loved us that you gave him so that any one of us, anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, Lord, we're, we're looking at purpose and you've given all of us a purpose. And so I pray that, that as we seek your face, that there, there's going to be things that pop up and we'll ask ourselves, is... Does that line up with your purpose for us? And if not, Lord, I pray you would give us the wisdom, the strength, the energy, the enthusiasm to make certain changes in our lives, that we would rethink our priorities, that we would put our families first, that we would do a a better job at our jobs, that we would serve with excellence, that we would model your spirit well to a world that have yet to come to know you. Lord, help us to repent where needed. Give us that heart that we need to be bold enough to make those changes. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's the best thing in the world. Renew our minds, Lord, so that we can follow you all the days of our lives. We trust you. We leave here today with the spirit of the living God that we will no more be conformed to this world, but we're renewed by the transforming of our minds. Thank you for giving us that ability and for giving us your spirit. Today, we walk with purpose. Your precious and powerful name we pray. And we all said, Amen.